All right. We're on the clock. 120 minutes. Bamsicle. What did you just say? Bamsicle. I thought you said bamsicle. I'm feeling it and it's probably going in a book. (laughs) Sweet. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I would cry if you put that in a book. I might have to. I like it a lot. I'm writing it down right now. Sweet. (laughs) All right. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Selat. And this is Kalina. And we're a podcast who reads and reviews particularly paranormal romance novels. But today we've got a special surprise. Well, not surprise because we announced it on our last episode. But we we have a special guest with us today. And we've had her on the show before. So we'd like everybody to welcome Aidy Award as we talk about her book, The Cock Down the Block. Hi! Welcome, Aidy! Yes. So this is our 150th episode and we wanted to do something fun and have one of our favorite authors on who just wrote her first contemporary, published contemporary. Under the pen name Amy Award. So in case anyone's out there looking for it, it is a little bit different than her 80 award books, which are the paranormal and then Amy Award for this contemporary. So hopefully everybody read it and loved it as much as we do. And now we get to talk about it. I'm very excited. So we're going to start off with a quickie. And I think I'm going to change it up, cells at the very last minute. Awesome. (laughs) Great. And do, because in honor of the book, which is a contemporary like football romance, who is your hunkiest football crush or like football player that you have the biggest crush on or the cutest football butt, whatever you identify. Football butts are like checklists to me. Those damn football butts. There's something about those pants in particular. It's the pants, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> that really, really create this nice contour. The football butts. So. Now I'm just thinking about football butts and I have no idea who's <laughs> going to the faces. The faces don't matter. <laughs> just the butts. The faces don't matter. I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious at the moment. For my first mm-hmm. pick and go with Travis Kelsey because I am a Swifty at my core mm-hmm. and he's cute, but also he is such the spiciest cinnamon roll, right? right? And he's that is what roll. I love. So, and also cute butt. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Mine's a little bit more old school and it's like the player that I had the longest time, like long running crush on for the Denver Broncos, which was Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, he is a super cutie, and now he's got sons that are super cuties, but I'm like, God, you're like 10, right? How are you in the NFL already? (laughs) Right? How are you in the NFL? You're 12. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so... Yeah, he's he was a he was a super cute. I loved watching him play, catch those balls, run with his cute little butt down the field. <laughs> For sure. All of their cute little butts. Mine's a little dated as well, and that is Eric Decker. And don't ask me what team he was from because I don't remember. <laughs> All I remember is butts. Now, this is a million long time ago when Kalina and I had our own like part of our podcast here we did um sh- we Wait, I don't even remember what it's I don't know called. what we called it, but we did a fantasy football team. 
Yes, we did a fantasy football team and we just did a portion of it every week and updated the status of our team and how bad we were doing all the time. And it was just, it was fun. And so <laughs> I think at one point we just admitted that it didn't matter really what the players were as long as they were cute and had cute butts. <laughs> and so we were just choosing all of the cute players. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Obviously that didn't work so well for us. <laughs> we won one year. <laughs> we did, but that was one year when we tried to quit and it wasn't off of butts. <laughs> I mean, boo, if it's not off of the butts, why even? <laughs> I mean, it was super old school. A lot of people aren't even going to remember these ones. I, as probably, I don't know, I'm going to say I was like 12, had the biggest crush on Doug Flutie. I don't even remember who he played for, but he was so cute. <laughs> he was cute. He was cute. He had good hair. He did have good hair. Yeah. Like, I don't know him. I also can't. I want to say Jets, but I don't know that that's right. Uh, it was definitely East Coast, but also yeah. I was 12, so I didn't actually care about the football at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about your book, The Cocked Out of the Black. We got a super cinnamon rolly quarterback falls in love with his longtime friend and neighbor. And it's one of the cutest little contemporary romance, just sweet stories. What brought you to contemporary after so much paranormal? Um, I mean, when I very first started writing romance, I started in contemporary. And I think a lot of people do start there because it's what so many of us read. Mm -hmm. And so my very, very, very first book that is under the bed, never to be seen, because it's really like where I learned how to write. It was called Cookies and Cowboys. Um, and, uh, but he was a, he was a former NFL football star, um, and she was a curvy girl and they got into an arranged marriage through a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking for this. Yes. <laughs> like someday I should totally rewrite it because it was a cute story. He, like you guys laughed so hard at me. He was a former football player who moved home to Oklahoma, which I don't even know why I picked Oklahoma because that is like the rival land of Nebraska, which is where my football knowledge comes from, from the first place. I am a born and bred house of the Huskers um, mm. kid. Uh, he moved to Oklahoma and started a heritage turkey ranch. Ah. Because you need okay. your heritage turkeys for things. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish people could see your faces right now. Because... <laughs> All right, this was a long time ago, and I didn't know anything about anything about writing. But regardless, since the very beginning, I've been trying to write a football player hero. Mm -hmm. And so it had to be. It had to be. I love football romance. Mm -hmm. I love yeah, that. We enjoyed it. I love that competitive edge that they have while still having the ability to be cinnamon rolls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of yeah. yeah. And I think we get to see that in the dynamics with his brothers in particular. Mm -hmm. Like they have that never back down, like always win, but done still in a way that's not crazy. <laughs> like like <laughs> they're still like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they'll take game night a little too far, but they don't like... <laughs> <laughs> kill each other or, or <laughs> destroy the house you I know mean, maybe like, there's blood but there's no hospital stays <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
you can't take the competitiveness out of them no, in any that. sense. Yeah. They're still competitive, but they still love each other. You've built a beautiful family mm-hmm. that is always backing each other up. And it's just, it was gracefully written. And it was just very like, you get that relationship, not just with Trixie and Chris, but even with his brothers and even with Trixie and her brothers or his brothers. Like, it's just this big, beautiful thing. And his dad, and it's just, it's really nice. All in the setting of Denver, which we absolutely appreciate. <laughs> I know. Because that um, is home. I weirdly, I don't know why, like I've lived in the Denver metro area since uh, on and off. I've moved several times, but I always somehow come back. But we moved here when I was 13 years old. And I have okay. somehow never written a book set in Denver. And I was like, but why? <laughs> So, I mean, a little bit, this was my uh, my love letter to Colorado because I put in so many little Colorado inside jokes in this yes. that only people who live in the Denver metro area are going to get for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, like, I thought they were hilarious. So half of them are inside jokes with myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. But oh, we picked up on them right away. Absolutely. We've highlighted them. We, like, talk about it. We text back and forth. They're like, hey, are you here yet? We're at this spot. And those like and it's and it's accurate stuff you know yeah. i mean besides the naming of it because you made that fun yeah. but like it's it's accurate you know that it's just like it, it's not like all in one circle yeah 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 no i mean i tried really hard to like take the things that i live in my everyday life and just twist them a tiny bit so that they're in a fictional world instead and in right. ways that make me laugh because that is the whole point of a rom-com <laughs> i mean i honestly probably giggled for a half an hour when i renamed Coors Field to s'mores field <laughs> was that fucking funny <laughs> yeah, <it> was brilliant <laughs> but i yeah. also to make it familiar enough that people would be like oh yeah s'mores field obviously that's what it's called <laughs> absolutely absolutely and like the mustangs uh-huh. instead of the broncos <laughs> The cowgirls. The cowgirls who ride their Mustangs. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was so fun and so many inside little jokes about the Kingman family. Mm. Feels a little uh, Bridgerton inspired. Um, Maybe. (laughs) I read that series when it like was first coming out and I love the Bridgerton family and their dynamics. And I definitely had them in mind when I came up with the Kingmans. For sure, because I love their relationships. And honestly, Kingman Family Game Night came out of that and they put it in the Bridgerton show. So if people haven't read the books, it's okay. Watch the show that the part that she would often have in the stories where they go play croquet, they're so competitive. And I was like that. Mm -hmm. I want that. Like they were so competitive with each other, but they still obviously loved each other. But also I'm going to kick your ass at croquet. I know. I love that. And I loved picking, you know, like the little homages to it up throughout the book and just being like, this is so cute. It's going to be like the American football Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I'm so glad that people can see that because I love the Bridgertons, but also I love football. So put them together it and it's like Bridgerton Friday Night Lights. Yeah. <laughs> That was, that was like half the point of the Kingman family. So cute. 
It is good. Kalina did have to explain it to me because I am oblivious to a lot of things. <laughs> but as soon as she did it, I was just like, holy shit, it is. It fucking is. And so I had to write down all the names. I had to do my ABCs. <laughs> I had to do all of that stuff. But it came out and it was it was. Beautiful. I can't tell you how easy my life has become when writing the books to keep track of who everybody is just because I go A, B, C, D, E, F. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wait, what number is he? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> So does that mean then we're going to get more books for the rest of the book? Um, a thousand percent. The uh, whole idea is to write one okay. for every sibling of the family. Mm-hmm. Probably in order, but I haven't a hundred percent decided. Not, No, not totally okay. in order. Like not in alphabetical order. So the plan for the first four books is the four pl- boys who play professional football. So it's Chris. Okay. Obviously he was number one. Mm-hmm. Declan's book is next. So he's brother number two. Um, and that's the week across the way (laughs) yes Yes. but I think book three is probably Hayes who is the younger brother who uh he's only 21 but he got he got drafted to the Mustangs so he's Mm -hmm. playing pro ball and then that leaves us our love guru Everett will likely be book number four now don't hold me to that but probably (laughs) it is it's on record (laughs) it's on record Don't tell. <laughs> That's probably okay. what's going to happen for the first four. And then I'll probably move to the kids who are in college, um, which okay. includes our everybody's favorite little sister, Jules. Yes. Has to get her own yes. story, too. Oh, what yeah. I can't decide on is if I'm going to write a love story for Bridger, for Mr. Kingman. Mr. Kingman. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I can't. I haven't decided. People have asked me for mm-hmm. him, but uh, in my heart, he's still so in love with April that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Can I just say yes. that? And, and everybody wants. Okay, as a warrior of love <laughs> and having the opportunity to fall in love is such a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. However, and I've discovered this from one of the last books that we've read, where when you write a character so intensely, and and we don't even really get like the full grasp of their relationship between April and, and Bridger. Sorry, Bridger. I was going to say Bridger. No. <laughs> um, but you've emoted it so well that we don't even need that full explanation to know how much in love they were. Like they loved each other. Mm-hmm. And I almost don't want a story. No, that's the thing. Like I do, I do want him to find love, but also he did. Yes. Right. Yes. Which I don't know who knows. And there's only a couple days left, but the, I wrote Bridger and April's meet cute, essentially. Oh, Right now it's in a holiday anthology. I'll probably give it to my readers as a gift for like Christmas or something like that. But Bridger and April have, you get to see how they met and how they fell in love. You don't get their whole story. Like we don't want to have babies and things, but you get (laughs) a short story of how they met, which... When I sent that to my editor, she didn't realize that's who they were. She didn't realize it was the dad and the mom of the Kingmans. And Mm -hmm. she was going to murder me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Because, horrible spoiler alert, Bridger is a single widow dad. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. April didn't make it. She's not there. 
there any he's longer. He's not there anymore, and it's not yeah. because they got divorced. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because of that. Yeah, I could see that making some of your readership really sad. Yeah. Because we've, you know, we grow to love these characters that we're yeah. reading and become part of their family, right? Yeah. And Bridger, the entire time, is just like, he's this presence of, I'm going to save my children. I want them to have the best lives and the love that they deserve. Because I had that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> but... <laughs> But a little bit, you are? But a little bit. I think having that meet cute come out and the introduction between he and April, it's almost like enough. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but (laughs) I would, I would be hard. It would be hard for me to write it for him to fall in love with anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I know. I'm so torn up. Like maybe he could just have a fun holiday (laughs) romp on a, on a vacation. Doesn't have to be love. (laughs) Some some people can separate the physical and the emotional. I'm not saying Bridger probably hasn't had any sexy fun times for the past (laughs) Mm. years or so. (laughs) Okay, he got down. He gets down. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's had eight kids to raise. That does not leave a lot of time. Oh, hi. Welcome, Uno, to the podcast. Say hi, Uno, the naughty kid. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. I can't can't talk to anybody without Uno saying, oh, I would like to come say hello. (laughs) Well, he is welcome to say (laughs) hi. He is welcome. (laughs) Well, that kind of brings up another thing in the book that I just love. And you do it in a lot of your books, so it's obviously like you're a pet and an animal person because you always have a really cool, like, pet sidekick. So the the cock of the uh, of the title is Luke Skycocker. Yes. He is the rooster that Trixie has with her hens, yes. and he is a very protective rooster who's not a big fan of this new relationship. No, no he is not because. Trixie's his. Trixie's definitely his. Have you had any personal jealous pets in your life? Oh my god. Uno the Buno here is super jealous. Like all of (laughs) the time. He's displaying it right now. I actually, he's literally, he's like, who are you talking to? I should be there. Who are you talking (laughs) to? Um, I, I actually have two cats. But no one would ever know that Hades, the terrible snuggler, exists because <laughs> Uno is the both treat piggy piggy and attention piggy piggy. <laughs> uh, which is probably why Hades is a terrible snuggler because he doesn't. Get and does he opportunity. does he display these jealous tendencies when other people are like physically around? And... Um, not people for the most part, but other other animals. Although he is definitely an attention whore. Um, so like. <laughs> If I'm not around, and this is like stories from like cat sitters, like I had my dad cat sit once, which my dad's not a big pet person. Like he, we only had pets because my mom wanted pets, not because my dad wanted pets. But he cat sat for me one time when I was at like a writing conference or something like that. And I was gone for like a whole week. And Uno really is a big snuggler. Like every day, all of the time, we must have many, many snuggles. And my dad is not a big cat snuggler. And he told me on like day three, Uno was like, this is enough. And just came and sat in his lap and started purring. And like, right, I guess this is happening. <laughs> so he definitely uh... wants, really, I think it's more that he's an attention whore than he's jealous. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. You've never had your cat try to take down an entire door or a, a door she's, frame. She's referring to a... my dog. Who... <laughs> 
when I was started dating again, he uh, ate a door as uh, punishment for being locked out of the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's not a big fan of that. And he has now made his declaration that he needs to be in the room, but he has his closet. He goes and hides in his closet. He mm-hmm. knows that's the appropriate distance, but he's very, he's very skeptical of uh, <laughs> men. <laughs> Just he needs to make sure you're good. And the, yeah, as soon as he has a chance, then he is like in between us. Like, okay, that's enough. That's now I'm that's my that's no it's my mom. Go away. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Animals are like that with their people. You know, they're like, no, this is mine. I don't know what you think you're doing, but this one's mine. This is my person. Oh yeah, and he's he's a Doberman, so he has a little bit of the like. I might eat you yep. and kill you vibe. Yep. Okay, I did not have plans for a big dog in this series, but I might yeah. know later. <laughs> we both have big dogs, so absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My husband likes to joke that we got a king-size bed because my cat Dookie would commandeer half the bed, and I'd get, you know, a fourth, and he'd get a fourth. <laughs> and, you know, like, I guess it's not really that much of a lie, but... <laughs> He he and Dookie were in a big competition with each other. Uh-huh. Dookie lived until he was 21. He was a very loved cat. He, he was my soulmate, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And I like to tell Dan that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but when Dan came into my life, Dookie was already established. He was my number one guy. Yeah. And they really did. They kind of fought for whoever gets my attention. Dookie usually always won. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> It's just like, that's my cat. I loved him so much. He was the greatest cat in the entire world. But there were things that Dookie did do to Dan that um, probably wasn't cool. Like he would pee on his shirt Uh uh and he would destroy his shoes and just, I don't know. He probably tried to push him down the stairs at one point. I don't know. But, and so Dan had this real huge competition with the cat and he had to learn how to love him because I wasn't going to get rid of him. Yeah. Jealous pets. Must love cats. Yeah. um, I can't. Can't go into any room without being followed by cats. So, like, if you're coming into my bedroom, probably we're gonna have protectors. I'm gonna say they're protectors. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. AKA voyeurs. Oh, AKA voyeurs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Hades, who doesn't definitely does not get as much attention, is um, he needs a person. So if there is a cinnamon roll football player listener listening, you can come into my life and I will provide you with a cat of your own. <laughs> it's all set. It's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a two for one deal. Like you get you get eighty and a cat. Yeah. Yes, it's very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Luke, Luke is definitely very jealous. I mean, they were for sure in competition with each other. <laughs> but he's so yes. funny about it, and I like at the end when Chris is just like, "Hey, let's get you a girl," <laughs> and like kind of talks him into one of the hens, <laughs> Ky- Kylo hen. In fact, yeah, Kylo hen. <laughs> That's so good. Like, I love you go. <laughs> Luke definitely had main character energy. <laughs> he's, he's the hero of this book. He totally. Oh, I mean, he needed he to have his own romance too. And uh, originally, when I when I knew I was going to have the rooster, like it was always going to be Luke Skywalker. But I have a friend who I consulted on all of my chickenness in this. I don't mm-hmm. have chickens, but I have a friend who has chickens. 
and she has a bunch of hens and they have funny names and she got a new one and I was like oh my god you have to call your new hen Kylo Hen and this was before I did the book <laughs> and she's like no her name's Betsy and I was like boo Betsy um so thus I had to put Kylo Hen in the book so thus mm-hmm. Luke got his that's perfect harem of hens <laughs> <laughs> And, but he's he's always there for Trixie because even not just against Chris, like oh, but yeah. when the uh, paparazzi journalists, were there. yeah, the paparazzi's mm-hmm. are all crawling around the neighborhood trying to catch mm-hmm. them all out. Mm-hmm. He's there making a yeah, he, <laughs> just a big old racket. Too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, defender from weird dildos. Yeah. Oh right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them just the weirdest no just the weirdest one so we get to get into that we've got uh trixie's mom who was a plus-sized porn star yeah. turned body positivity sex like not therapist but uh, i would call her a sex educator educator yeah. sex educator who travels the world and sends trixie really fantastic sex toys from all over <laughs> different countries. As one does. As one should do. As one should. (laughs) (laughs) And I love her just haphazard way of like, I'm going to deal with this by putting them in this just open (laughs) basket in the closet and pretending like that's the solution. Because it will never come back to bite me. Well, it's not like she has to hide him from her parents. For one, she's an adult and they're traveling, but they're the ones sending them to her. (laughs) So there's no need to hide them. It's just it was a very precarious situation to have a basket full of vibrators and dildos. Just well, I mean, what do you do with them? When your mom sends them to you from around the world all the time, you end up with quite the collection. I feel like collections go in laundry baskets. <laughs> well, they have to. I mean, like, that's they're big and in the way. Right. Pokey. <laughs> so we needed a... If you try to put them in, like, a box. Who, do, who uses boxes to store things? Right. <laughs> Well, we just had to set up the fun scene of them naturally falling over and spilling all out while Chris was there to be like, whoa, what's this? And I loved how he was just like, okay, adventure time. Yeah. We're going to play with these. Yeah. Like, Because right uh, uh, what's the typical reaction that somebody would have, yeah, right. a man I feel like would have? So many real life dudes uh, are very um, <laughs> threatened by toys. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right? But Chris is smart. Yo, this is like his like, wingman slash dildo man yes. slash cricket man on the side. Right? You can't have some extra fun. Yeah, and he loves competition, right? So it's just like, if I have to compete with these toys, I have to know how they work. He's a team player, yo. I mean, bring them all into the team. Oh, full of them. I I would just like to boast about my husband and how adventurous he is. He does enjoy the toys and he knows how much I enjoy them. And so we do. We go to the stores on our own and sometimes I'll find something on our Dirty Books Amazon because I can't do it on my (laughs) private one. (laughs) My children use it. (laughs) You know, and it's like, 
it's always like these really fun things. Or if I'm like watching a porn or something, I'm like, hey, I've never seen that that that, that toy before. That's really interesting. Might yes. I recommend TikTok Shop? What? <laughs> I literally just bought something this week off of TikTok Shop. It it's a unicorn that has a tongue. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> tongues. Is the shop run by TikTok? No, you buy off of TikTok, but it's all small businesses that sell stuff. So basically, I just run across fun TikToks that that maybe demonstrate some things in a very unique way so that they don't get banned off TikTok. Well, (laughs) okay. Yeah. So this is, look at this fun paper. Yes. (laughs) Beautiful sculpture that I made. Look at this back massager. Look at this fun toy. <laughs> I honestly thought you said tit talk. I don't know why someone on TikTok, maybe they do. I just haven't found them yet. Someone should have the TikTok maybe handle of tit talk. Yes. Yes, tit talk. You can't say it. Tit talk shop. Yes. Okay. You buy right in the app. I use like Apple Pay or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you just enter your address and they send you stuff. Oh, all right. I did not know. TikTok shop. An avenue. Yeah. And that's good for, we can recommend that for our white elephant holiday party, but this will be our second annual one we're doing this year. Where we enjoy uh, getting together and doing an exchange, gift exchange of sex toys Delicious. with friends yes. that we've invited into <laughs> as our guest of honor. Yay. That's going to be tons of fun. We had so much fun last so year. <laughs> And so we're going to expand it a little bit, I think. And, you know, we have to work through some of the sure. logistics and, like, you know, food. because that's Oh, that's the I just make too much food. Is what Actually, that's true. You're really good at the food part. So I was telling Kalina earlier that I have to figure out how to displace where to send my family. Oh, right. <laughs> because I've got, I've got three kids here and my husband and possibly my dog that has to, like, find a home for a couple of hours. So... <laughs> Just send him to a movie. I mean, not the dog, but everyone else can go to a movie for like <laughs> one of those like parks that does like the Christmas lights thing for the afternoon or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Then they can take the dog. Yeah. Yeah. They can take the dog. Yeah. But I mean, with our luck, it's going to snow. It's going to be like twenty foot drifts, and we're we're gonna all be stuck in my house with like yeah. dildos and vibrators and all the fun Unicorns tongues. <laughs> Yes, I mean, maybe I know what I'm bringing to the white elephant. I mean, <laughs> just tell me what color your wrapper is. I'm all for it. <laughs> and that's a very different version of the Snowden trope that we've been getting. <laughs> that is... um, maybe also needs to go in a book. <laughs> We're totally helping you write what? a story right now. <laughs> Snowed in with the vibrator. Also, I put this out to almost every interview that we have. Kalina's been in a book, but so that has not. <gasps> <What>? So, <laughs> Lexi Foss took my name. <laughs> Yeah, I love putting reader names in books if they don't find that weird because some people find it weird and I get that <laughs> I get it but also for this book in particular like when you meet the cowgirls who are mm-hmm. uh, Mustangs mm-hmm. wives and girlfriends and girlfriends partners 
Um, mm-hmm. All of their names are names of my readers. Aww. Except oh, for Marie. I made up Marie. Cool. Um, but all of the rest of them, their names are names of my readers. I have a, I have a Patreon. Um, and when I was working on those scenes, I said, hey, do you guys want to be a cowgirl? And they're like, me, 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 me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. So that's really all cute. All of them are real life readers who would also like to ride Mustangs. Well, that is, yes. <laughs> we all want to ride Mustangs. <laughs> Oh, uh, easy peasy to put maybe a Kalina and a Saylet in. <laughs> we could just be like the the star like TV reporters or something. <laughs> I don't know. The duo. Uh, don't give me that much power. <laughs> <laughs> so I love my one of my favorite tropes, and we've done a couple books with it. Is the fake dating? I just. I mean, any movie, any rom-com that has people who are like, we're going to just fake date for a while and then it'll work out for whatever dumb reason. We love each other a lot. Yeah. I just, it is, I don't know why I love it so much. It's because it's like the least realistic thing, but I love it so much. That's why I love it. And I love it so much. And I, I'm not sure because I haven't written the books yet, but I may end up putting fake dating in every single one of these books because <laughs> I love it so much. I, it's just to so good. It yeah. It's, it's such a fun, it's such a fun. And, but this one had the little twist of he was already in love with her, yeah. which I also do like. Cause normally it's supposed to theoretically be like neither one is attracted to the other and they just through fake dating realize they love each other. But he was already like, okay. I'll use this to show you what a good boyfriend I am. Yeah. Yes. yes. And show you how I could be awesome. So I loved, I really did love that relationship because we get the like, he falls first, best friends to lovers, yeah. fake dating. I mean, it's like, it's like the gold medal of tropes. Yeah. I mean, for this, especially since this was going to be the Amy Award debut book, I had to like throw every trope that I absolutely love into it. Like, don't hold anything back. Put all of them. Um, so, like this book is, I mean, and I try to do that with all my books, but this one especially, because I didn't know it was going to go bananas. I didn't know it was going to do as well as it did. And I just want it, I wanted it to be the best book that it could be. So I threw all of my favorite tropes into it. I love Friends to Lovers. And I know it's not always everybody's favorite trope, but I love it. So no, it was good, and you executed it lovingly. <laughs> I personally love enemies to lovers. That's one of my favorites. You do love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of my like the forbidden love, the forbidden. You know, like there has got to be some type of contention that you overcome mm-hmm. in order to find mm-hmm. that love. But I also am a firm believer in falling in love. Like, like you're, you should be friends yeah. first before, yeah. you know, or at least you should try to. But Dan is he's my best friend. Yeah. Like I love it. Like I have Kalina and I have Emily. They're my best friends. But Dan is my my partner yeah and I don't want to do this with anybody else except for with him yeah so, no I'm a I'm a big believer well, yeah. <laughs> in that your partner should be your best friend yeah and so that's I think that's part of why I love friends to lovers so much because mm-hmm. I think I mean there's a lot of relationships that they're maybe not actually friends they're just so into each other which okay that's sure too, yeah sure. but I mm-hmm. think you should be best friends with your partner and I think that's why I like it so much but also yeah. and people want to murder me all the time I can't write enemies to lovers <laughs> And I know why. I know why. I don't like it when they're mean to each other. Oh. 
Well, you know, that kind of almost like crosses in, in this book here, because when you made the contention, like the fight wasn't between Chris and Trixie, the fight was between them as a couple and, you know, the outside world with the paparazzi and the bullies that she had and all of that stuff was outside and they remained strong as a couple. Yeah, yeah. I really, really had to consider how I was going to write this book because in general, third act breakups, and it's usually either some sort of a betrayal, which, mm-hmm. no, there's no way Chris would ever betray Trixie. Never. Yeah. So can't be that. Or outside forces break them apart. But I right. didn't want the outside forces to break them apart. <laughs> so for the, I think really for the first time ever, I did not write the third act breakup. Mm. They didn't break up. They and I was not. like, how do you do that? Oh, you have a sex scandal. That's how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That you don't apologize no, for. That you don't apologize no. for. Mm-mm. Because because you didn't do anything wrong, per se. I mean, maybe. You just had, like, some perverts that filmed you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. True. But really, the people in the wrong are the ones filming you having sex I mean, in a closed real. room. Right? Like, for reals. <laughs> even in real life. All these, like, I mean, unless they leaked them themselves, which we know sometimes celebrities do that. Absolutely. Like, yes. Like, TMZ sharing it? Why are they not the ones who are in trouble? Right. That is a, that's a private moment I was having. I wasn't inviting yeah. you into that You're at in the all. world. Exactly. Yeah. No, I really appreciated that. I like, you know, we don't read that much contemporary for the show, yeah. but I do read a lot more of it personally. And I think the thing that's the hardest is that breakup. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, betrayal or, or outside forces or just usually like a misunderstanding, misunderstanding. just like not so hearing each other. Yeah. And saying something like, well, you, ugh, and then storming out and not talking it through. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want, I want to like model relationships where you yeah. stop and like talk through anything that maybe is a contention or maybe like a, an issue. And so I love seeing there, it, like, it wasn't that they were broken up. It was that they had to go through something together that made them stronger. Yeah. And that was our, you know, stressor. That was our, yeah. mm-hmm. the roller coaster for the book and not just like, will they fall apart? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah, yeah. it that yeah yeah because oftentimes with this type of trope it's always that oh she really doesn't love me we're just doing this to be fake when they're both really in love with each other so then they like do the breakup but then they're both really heartbroken but that often follows this type of trope where they're doing the fake love and it's like well don't do that and let's not make that the thing let's stick together and try to fight whatever feelings it is or whatever's interfering with the relationship that we're supposed to be having here yeah i often don't know what my like sort of like dark night of the soul where the breakup usually comes i usually don't know that when i start the book and as I was writing them like I knew I could like I set up some things that were wounds that they had that were big enough that they could have Mm -hmm. said my wound is bigger than our relationship at this pure moment I can't do it I set it up so that they could have broken up but when I got to it I was like no there's no way not Mm -hmm. with these two maybe some other people but not with these two yeah No, I loved it. It made it just made it so much stronger. Well, and I think yeah. like even though, you know, it was set up as Chris was in love with her first, I think we could really see that Trixie was in love with Chris. She just yeah. as a I think, you know, a larger woman walking through the world, sometimes you just teach yourself not just to be like I don't have feelings for this person because 
is so likely to be unreciprocated yes. or like the fear of yes. unreciprocation, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And like and you've been told by society, well, no one like that would ever love yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. so she's just had like shut that side down, like real early, like from when they were just friends. Uh, she was just like from, no. from a lot of different perspectives, I think she shut it down that somebody who is that interested in her would also be in love with her, not just living in a larger body, which she also did, but she also had such great role models so that she knew her worth as a woman in a bigger body but also and i'm not saying her mom was a bad mom her mom was a fantastic mom right but no matter what our parents give us some sort of trauma even when they're not trying even even if even if you had the best mom in the world you're still going to end up with some trauma because now you think everybody's supposed to be the best mom in the world, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, your parents mm-hmm. give you some yeah. trauma, right? And Trixie's mm-hmm. mom had a career that gave Trixie some trauma, even though they tried really hard not yes. to. She was still affected by that a lot and hard in hard, harsh ways that mm-hmm. it's probably easier to not think somebody's in love with you than to think that they are because it's it might mm-hmm. hurt if they are yes and that was what i gave trixie <laughs> sorry trixie <laughs> <laughs> she overcame it yes. and with the relief i mean and it's not just like anybody like he is an nfl quarterback <laughs> <laughs> who's got the cameras on him constantly yeah. all yeah. the time but even her mom was just like i can you know we can help you get through this but more so it was like chris and his entire and family, whole family, family. Yes. <laughs> So beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah, the Kingman clam. They're delicious. I love them. And it's very Mm -hmm. fun to write. And I love where Trixie ends up at the end in partnering with the other women, you know, Manning Ways, what, Marie and uh, his agent's Mm -hmm. model wife, right? Plus size model wife to set up like a network of plus size women in famous plus size size women in movers and shakers that are, you know, out there setting new standards. Like this is the way to like treat people and, you know, take up space and, you know, speak up and value yourself. And I really liked that because it could go through all of the books as like people come and go and, you know, we have this like (laughs) network being built of women who are just like, look, I mean, because we have every right to be here. Because you know (laughs) that I can't, I can't write women who are not plus size in my books. I just, that's what I write because I want more plus size women to see themselves represented in media in a positive way. So Mm -hmm. maybe they need a network of women to lean on as the books continue. Yeah. And we'll call ourselves (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. I'm pretty sure Trixie's probably going to start a flip-flop called Tic Tac. That'd be awesome. So another cute thing that I just love that you did in the book is it's very evident how enmeshed in book culture you are, like in the current things going on on, say, Book Talk and Bookstagram and, and, you know, Facebook book groups. Because there was a couple of times where you pulled like, like one of the main conversations is about, I released a breath I didn't know I was holding. And you had the line of like, and I released a breath I really did know I was holding. I really didn't know that I was holding my breath. (laughs) I have definitely in the past written the, I released a breath I didn't know I was holding. And I was like, but wait, you do know. You do know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm of the opinion that there are moments where I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Until I like, I find myself going, 
oh, and like not breathing for a minute and then like catching my breath. Yes. Like maybe it's not the same as like releasing a held breath, really? but, but I've, I, I've always related to those sentences. And I thought it was so weird when it became like, like it's it blew up in reader, reader land. <laughs> they will find every instance of it highlighted and put it on <laughs> the internet. <laughs> yes, they will. Yeah, no, that was definitely an homage to readers who hate that. Um, because sure. um, I am in a lot of reader groups because I am a reader. Um, I mean, I read yeah. all of this as well, right? But also, I like to know what readers want and what they don't want. Hades, you're gonna turn. Ha- Welcome, Hades, to the call. Hi, Hi. <laughs> kitty, kitty. He likes to walk on the computer and turn things off <laughs> or write words that aren't. Words. <laughs> um, this is Hades' version of yes. the story. He's like, how come I'm not in the book? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time in reader spaces anyway, because I am a reader, but also it helps me see what readers really want. And because for me, the best book is an intersection of what I love and what readers love. That's what's going to make everybody happy. Absolutely. I think that what else would you do? I mean, you'd be surprised. <laughs> there are some who just write what they want. There's a lot who just write what they I want. I guess that's and true. sometimes that is also what readers want, and sometimes it's not. Mm. And sometimes mm. they get mad about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's legit <laughs> and you're like sorry it was bad I'm thinking very specifically of a couple of male authors who don't appreciate yeah. their reviews indeed indeed, oh. and they're on tit-tot <laughs> <laughs> I also I really really loved you taking I, I think I'm going to have to say the whole thing because we've never used it on the uh, podcast, but it's the shut the fuck up and take this dick like a good girl, yeah. like that. That's everybody's sticker, everybody, blah, blah. But I loved you changing it up because I've always hated that I front hate part. It, right? I hate it. Don't ever <laughs> tell me to shut the fuck up. I will not take things well that way. Like, I knew when it includes something in that, it's something like that in the book. And I was like, but Chris would never tell Trixie to shut the fuck up. Like, Mm-mm, can you even never. imagine? No. So I was like, well, what else Mm-mm. can you say? Oh, how about that? That's fine. That's more fun. I like that better. That's way more fun. I really like it. I like, yeah, because it's still, I do like the end of that sentence, like the praise piece of it, the praise kink piece of it. But I'm never okay being told to shut up. I feel like that's just women have been told to shut up for fucking millennia. And I don't want, I don't want to be told to shut up by anybody at any situation. Zero, zero stars. Right. Zero. Yeah. Um, so I definitely loved you flipping the the script on the beginning part of it to a more positive st- statement. Yes. And I will spread that far and wide. I would like that to be more used than STFU. G- yeah. G O. I have to say the phrase every single time to figure out what it is. G O Y K K K A T T L A G G. A-T-T-D-L-A-G-G. Yeah. Yep. Yes. One of the reader groups yes. that I'm in, somebody is always posting, hey, I found a new acronym, but I can't figure out what it is. And then they post it in the group and ask for people to say, tell them what it is. But inevitably, like all of the fun snark <laughs> comes out and they're like, go over there. You <laughs> like, they just like, yeah, that would be me. <laughs> and they're way funnier, um, but also. <laughs> 
good. yeah, that would be me. Only be, I don't follow any of that stuff, so Kalina had to explain a lot of this stuff to me because I don't, I don't, I can't. I'm not keeping up with that yeah. at all. But it is yeah. fun. The book is just full of like me highlighting things and going ha. <laughs> I mean, that That's makes it. me happy to no end <laughs> because me writing yes. it, I'm writing it and going, ha! <laughs> I just, yeah. and I know like, it's just, that's all readers want is to be, it's a culture. It's really is. And it's like, I want to see not myself exactly, but I want to see pieces of me in these books. And that's, mm-hmm. so when authors are part of the reader culture yeah. and like honor it and like have, you know, fun little references that are just part of the zeitgeist of talking about yeah. books. Yeah. It just makes all of us so happy. We're just like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, I recognize that. I find it very fun. Super cute. So I mean, I think we should talk a little bit about the less fun piece of the book, which is her bullies yeah. and mm-hmm. how this book is very much like a just magnificent like, you know, example of standing up for yourself and your worth and and also realizing at the very like at the end there that you're not gonna change them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just have your own, you know, reaction yourself. That's what you have control over. And at the end of the day, as long as you're happy in that, she's Rachel was never going to become uh, aware no. all of a sudden. No, no. <laughs> no. I mean you were never going to change Rachel's mind. It, she no. was too deeply enmeshed in her beliefs of what is good and what is not. Mm-hmm. That it, it doesn't matter what you say to Rachel. And I wrote it that way because that is what I see very specifically in the body positivity and fat positivity world. That sure, you can go out mm-hmm. and show fat bodies positively in media. And there are still going to be people that are going to say, ew, gross. Always. And you're never going to change their minds. But you might be able to change the minds of people who are subjected to that kind of a thing. (laughs) That was my reminder to do the podcast with you guys. (laughs) Oh. Thanks for not being useful at all. Um, but I think you can change the minds of people who are subjected to seeing that other people are gross instead of them thinking themselves are gross, seeing the other side of it of mm-hmm. who the fuck cares what you think. You can eat a bag of dicks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat a salad. I mean, maybe I am going to eat a salad. Some salads are delicious, but <laughs> not because you said so. And right. So because I think especially when you are part of a community that is picked on a lot, mm-hmm. um, you have to develop some sort of armor. And if that armor can be, I don't actually care about your opinion, that is the best one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that is why I wrote that the way that I wrote it. Because Rachel was never going to change her mind. Mm -hmm. Rachel's always going to be a a bitchy bitch from Bitchville. Mm -hmm. Forever and ever. (laughs) But Lacey isn't anymore. Right. Lacey did change her mind. Lacey did learn and grow. Yes. Well, because she was subjected to the same Mm -hmm. shit from Rachel just... Yeah, she let it, you know, she she took it to heart and changed like negatively, like let her down a path that was very unhealthy and destructive for her in the fear of becoming the target of someone like Rachel's Mm -hmm. ire. And And I think that that very truly happens to people a lot. 
Oh. I think that it is, a, a, it's really, really, really unhealthy for so many people in so many different ways that it, it breaks my heart that people would literally rather die than be fat. Yes. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You should be happy mm-hmm. where, wherever you are. So mm-hmm. I showed it that way because a lot of people are affected by fat phobia, not just fat people. Absolutely. And then we leave Amanda open-ended. Yeah. She's definitely bought into know. Rachel's shtick for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But I think she saw something in that moment with Lacey. And that's going to be the hardest thing for her is to change, to make yeah. that jump, yeah. to change. Because you're in your comfort zone and you've been there for so long. And it's, this is your persona. You've established this character within yourself. And now you're just going to change. I mean, yes, you probably yeah, you should. probably should. Well, and hopefully, because at the very end, Rachel gets a little bit of a yeah, yeah, she and She's marched <laughs> off to jail. So removing her <laughs> dynamic so from Amanda's life will maybe give Amanda a chance to yeah. find out who she really is <laughs> outside of Rachel. I think if the person that you have idolized since youth ends up literally in jail, they're maybe not a good yep. person to idolize. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That could be the first step to change, right? <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be able to escape that influence or the fear of that yeah. leader in your life that's been, you know, leading you to all this hate yeah. and darkness yeah. and stuff. They're not there anymore. That, that would help, right? Change. That would help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It would help, at least for, you know, the first couple of steps. And then once you gather up your own courage and define yourself, and then when she does come out of jail, you can we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see not fight her. But... I mean, Amanda probably isn't going to make it into future books, so that's okay. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's we don't okay. need the Mean Girl scenario back. She's <laughs> off. I imagine her best life. for Amanda. She's off playing golf and doing some inner growth for herself. Yes. There. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Good. Um, but also, tell me, you may not have caught, again, inside joke with myself, but not everybody caught it, but some people did. My mean girls are named Rachel, Amanda, and Lacey. Holy <laughs> shit! What the hell? I mean, that is fucking brilliant. <laughs> McAdams, Seyfried, and uh-huh. Shabert. Uh-huh. You're you're They're genius. the mean girls. You're Clearly, that's genius, their name. Dude. No, that is. <laughs> I know. Don't didn't catch that's it at all. My little, my None. little nod to Tina Fey's genius there with the Mean Girls movie. <laughs> that is good. I did. I do have to say that I did envision. So Rachel McAdams was the Rachel in this book. Like I didn't, but I didn't pick up on Lacey or Amanda. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> in my mind, as I was writing it, they were definitely those girls in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> That's good. Wow. Sometimes I just get really into these books that I don't see, like, the stuff in between. Especially if I don't, like, you know, like, I don't follow book talk or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, I don't have the time to. (laughs) But, like, it's just, but that's why I have Kalina. So she could explain things. (laughs) No, and I don't get it. Okay. (laughs) Which is often. No, I mean, there's a ton of things. It would be okay if nobody ever got my inside joke there because I really do write my own inside jokes to myself in my book all of the time. Like all of my books have my own inside jokes to myself in them, which is what makes it fun for me to write them. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. Well, and then you have opportunities like this to explain. I mean, I love doing that. (laughs) That's that was good. I, I appreciate it. So what's next? What's on your, you know, the things that you're going to be doing, at least for the end of the year or big projects that um, are coming so up? So now that I am two people, two authors and not just one, um, I am ba- I'm definitely balancing both paranormal and contemporary books. So 
Halloween is the release of the next book in my vampire series, uh, Her Majesty's okay. Secret Vampire. It's a, mm-hmm. My vampire series is James Bond, if he was a vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so all of, the, all of the titles are play on James Bond movie titles. The first book is called Vampires so Are Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next book is The Vampire Who Loved Me. Yeah. The, and the book that's about to come out, Her Majesty's Secret Vampire. I've mm-hmm. got I've got like 100 titles. Wow. Well, I, however many James Bond movies there are, I have hilarious vampire ty- titles for them. That's so good. Okay. So Her okay. Majesty's Secret Vampire is a Halloween novella in the series. And um, I've always loved the idea of the nerdy guy, Q, in the James Bond mm-hmm. movies. He's the quartermaster with that's why his name is Q. He's the nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. He makes them their mm-hmm. fancy toys and their not those kind of toys. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, and their uh, like magical poisons and serums and things like that. So I added a nerdy guy to my vampire team, and he gets his love story too. Aww. I love it when the nerdy guys get their love yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, they have a sp- soft spot for them. I do. So that's that comes out on Halloween. I'm Piper Fox and I may or may not have one more in the our College Wolf Shifter series this year. It's written. It just needs to be edited. And it's been a busy year. <laughs> yeah. So that may come out still this year. Um, and that's probably books for this year until two days after Christmas, three days after Christmas, whatever, right after Christmas, The Wiener Across the Way okay. is coming out from Amy Award. <laughs> I just I like that title. That's fucking awesome. I mean, half the point of this series <laughs> is because I can have hilarious titles. I a little bit learned oh, yeah. a lesson from Amazon on this one. Amazon doesn't, like, they don't allow us to have books with naughty words in the title, right? Like, you can't do that. They just don't like it. No. But that's why you threw a rooster right, on Right, I do have cover. a rooster on my cover. But, <laughs> but the title is literally C asterisk C-K because they wouldn't let me write the mm-hmm. word C-O-C-K. Uh, right. Okay. So, but I also found out Amazon also doesn't care for asterisks. asterisks. Oh, it's hard to find. It's hard like, to find the title. Of the you, you have to just go to Amy yeah. Award. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to start there because I also tried to type in the whole word cock yeah. and no, it but, just doesn't want you to find anything it doesn't that way. Want you to find, I did find something about um, if you have infections on your penis, I think. I found a book about that when you, when you type oh. that in. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting things that pop up. <laughs> If you type in C-O-C-K down what the block. If, what if you want a, a cock ring yeah, on I, Amazon? Because it gets there the quickest. Uh, that's like, true. <laughs> you, can probably, you can probably search for that, but you can't search for a book. Yeah. It's I, it's oh. the book title. You get other things. You don't get books. Yeah. You get I, um, it's In fact, I what the funniest one I got when I searched it one time, because, you know, I had to go see, oh, what do you mean you can't find my book? So yeah. I went and typed it in and I got a result for, it was a woman wearing a rooster mask. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can't really buy it now. <laughs> um, oh people got really creative trying to find it. Like people, the best one that seems to work the best if you're trying to actually find it by the name of the book is just CCK. Like you just skip the O mm. or the asterisks. A lot of people just found it by typing in down the block. Yeah. Um, yeah but so. very, 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 very luckily... Thank you, Loki, the god of craziness of publishing. You can still find it in the top 100 of books on Amazon at the moment. Ooh, so, hell yeah, you can. So, it's so but I guess some people found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But just just searching for Amy Award books is forever going to be the easiest way because I'm going to be naughty again with my future titles. So I yeah, you are. love fun titles. I think I love this genre. <laughs> I love rom <laughs> And I just... I love it. I love rom-coms. And I love that it's got like this kind of, you know, like a, a renaissance time right now where it's just becoming like they were so mocked and so, you know, like yeah. oh, the secret stuff we had to read for so long. Yeah. But no, like I want them to be funny and I want them to have puns. If it is a punny title, I will buy it oh, yeah. every time. I don't even care. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I love, I know I love all of your covers, but this one was just so cute. Like, I love this illustration. I think like her sexy little, you know, nerdy librarian get up uniform him holding the rooster (laughs) i know i got so incredibly lucky with the cover art for this one i went in search of the artist who did other plus size character drawings to find the artist to do this um and she like basically i just blathered here's some things that i think would look cool and she came up with that i was like i think it would be great if he looks like he's super into her and also they're going to her high school reunion and she went to a catholic school so so maybe she's wearing a plaid shirt. I don't know. Oh, like, so, so much of my blather to her was like, I don't know, this might be good. And she came up with that. And I was like, oh. That is awesome. Like, I literally gasped the first time I saw it. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, I love it's- it so much. I am very, very, very likely going to get this tattooed on my body. Because I love this art oh. so much. Yeah. Also, the art for the next one is also Chef's Kiss. And I cannot wait to show it. Oh, <laughs> it's so delicious. Are you going to like have it stay sort of in a theme? So like your contemporary is going to have the like yeah, drawn yeah, that's, covers? That's and... likely. I yeah. mean, part of it, I have to, as uh, from the author business side, I have, a, I have to pay attention to what trends are in covers. But mm-hmm. lucky for mm-hmm. me, illustrated covers like this are super trendy at the moment. Yes, um, people love yeah. them. Because I actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually bought another cover for this that's Manchester, like I do for my 80 award books. And it's gorgeous, and he's super hot, and it's delicious. But also, this is better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think you also allow your readers to have that separation of identity between Amy and Amy. Amy definitely has a different brand than Amy does, even though at the Mm -hmm. core, the stories are always going to be Curvy Girls Getting Happy Ever Afters. This Mm -hmm. is still my core story forever and ever and ever, but... I did want the separation between the two, like sexy man, chess, dragons and wolves and vampires, sexy football players who are super into Kirby girls. Probably also awesome. later, maybe hockey players, maybe baseball players. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> probably not basketball players. Like I could not come up with a funny punny name for the Denver Nuggets. I was like the Denver Rocks. <laughs> like I could come up with something like for the avalanche. I have the blizzard. For mm-hmm. the Rockies, I have the Mountaineers. Mm-hmm. For the okay, Nuggets, okay. right? <laughs> the Gold I think Nuggets, right, yeah, I mean, I think they named themselves already by saying the Nuggets. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Like it's already should... a joke, yeah. Oh, it's all... a joke. Oh, I didn't even like that. <laughs> but they were a championship last they year. Did win I'm not talking like shit about years. them. <laughs> they did win, but uh, also... 
they I'm did. Never, I've never been I'm a very big proud of them, basketball but, fan in general. So, but yeah. they're so tall. They are so tall. That they're is so tall. And you can climb them like trees. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> oh, Kalina loves climbing <laughs> trees. You could climb them with trees. Uh, men that look like trees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't climb actual trees. No. no. <laughs> Not <actual> trees. <laughs> and trees. <laughs> The, the Denver oh. man trees. <laughs> Maybe that's going in a book. Because, <laughs> of course, I mean, of course, if I have Denver sports stars, they're going to know sports stars from the other teams, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that we're like leaving a mark. I would have a little list going over here. <laughs> this is perfect. I, mean, I, love, I love the way you come up with stuff and like immediately put mm-hmm. it into books. Like I've been following, you know, your social media yeah. and the whole coconut <laughs> can be blood transfusion. Coconut water can be used as blood transfusion and now making vampires that are like <laughs> vampires. <laughs> Fucking cannot wait to read that. (laughs) I'm just like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) I mean, I just—it's so good. Say, you know, where do you get your ideas? Everywhere, all of the time. (laughs) My brain. I think I already know the answer to this, but are you more of a pantser? Um, honestly, I call myself a planter because I need some structure. Like I need to kind of know where I'm going. And in fact, I'll usually plot out. Like I have, I have a structure that I follow called the W plot that has nine major plot points to it. Um, and I will in fact sit down and plot those nine points. But ninety nine point nine percent of the time, by the time I'm to like point four, those plots. The points afterwards are totally out the window, <laughs> and I have to like start over on that part of it. But I need to know, like, kind of where I'm going. So I do do some plotting, but I okay. end up my favorite, favorite, favorite moments in the book are when I write something and I was like, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. even as I'm writing, That's I was awesome. like, What? Your mom's a porn star? <laughs> what? How, how did that happen? <laughs> I love seeing people's when they're like, you're the damn author. How do you no know idea. that? You're None. Like, no idea. None. None. And yeah, I those love are it. definitely and my favorite so writing moments when I didn't see that coming. That's so good. <laughs> so plants. I'm plants. Awesome. So I think we could probably, do we have anything else? Do you have any questions for us? Or do you have any other questions or anything, Kalina, topics? I think we hit all the ones I at least wrote down. Good. Because I 90% of the time tell you I want to talk about stuff and then we finish and I go, we didn't talk about half the things I said I wanted to talk about. (laughs) No, I think we pretty much hit it all. Yay. I think we totally did. We hit all of the points. That makes me happy. So... Adie, we'll give you this moment to share your social media and any other ways that people can find you and look for your books and things besides, you know, CCK uh, <laughs> down the block in Amazon. <laughs> um, the audiobook is being recorded right now for CCK down the block. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yay. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be ready for the end of the year, or the very beginning of the year. But the best way to make sure that you find out when the audiobooks are coming out <laughs> is uh, I have two newsletters. Um, where I email people. One is for AD Award and one is for Amy Award. Um, because I know not everybody who reads contemporary reads paranormal and not everybody who reads paranormal yeah. reads contemporary. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fine. Read what you want. Um, so I do keep the paranormal and contemporary newsletters separate, although I'm still probably going to tell the paranormal people, yay, there's a new funny book out. Um, yeah. So the easiest way to get those is just go to my websites. I am adaward.com or I am authoramyaward.com. 
because who knew there's something called the Amy Award that they give out to people for like philanthropy or something. They they own AmyAward.com. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but Bye. also, I am very active on Flip Flop, also known as TikTok. Um, <laughs> I'm very active on that. I have um, Amy Award has accounts and Amy Award has accounts, and I'm really active on there. And I'm always talking about or showing you what books I'm uh, have released or have coming up so those are two great places i also have a very active facebook group it's called 80s amazeballs but amy's are in there too (laughs) okay those are the best places to hit me my website will get take you to my newsletter and flip flop and the other socials will tell you what i'm what i'm working on awesome yeah thank you yeah everybody that is here listening and has been a big fan of 80 amy (laughs) like we are go get this book go follow her on every everywhere and then go see if you guys can win a philanthropy award <laughs> as well uh, i mean i feel like i should win a and uh, <laughs> i mean i changed my name to award in service for the public so. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh i will say i do get the philanthropy award uh i will say uh, a portion of the proceeds of the cock down the block goes to a uh, philanthropy here in the denver metro area called love and arms which is a farm animal rescue Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's great. So when you buy the book, you're Perfect. helping roosters. Yay, roosters. I couldn't find one that was just a rooster oh, yeah. rescue. So I picked a farm animal <laughs> rescue. And I'll do that yeah. with all the books in this yeah. series. The next one is The Wiener Down the Way, so it's a dog. And so we'll do some sort of a uh, dog rescue. Uh, the next book, I'm not going to tell you the title yet, but it's got a cat. Um, and I support a cat sanctuary oh. here in Denver. So a portion of those proceeds will go to them. Okay. I already have words right. going through yes. my brain about cats. Okay. Got it. I got it. <laughs> and then the, the fourth book in the series is also an animal. Okay. Well, is it a beaver? That would be a <laughs> Do you guys know who Dylan Crush is? She's a contemporary author. She and I have been friends for years, and she's got a going shtick in hers about beavers, and she's always making jokes about it. And when we were brainstorming titles for this series, she's like, you have to write one called The Beaver in the Basement. And I I said, no, no, I do not. I have to write one called The Beaver in the Basement. (laughs) Oh. That's your yes, thriller. Probably. That your... Probably the thriller. Oh, no, no. Oh. Probably that, no, that's not going to be a book. Oh. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 80, as always, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to go with you girls. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we Mm -hmm. will do this again. So, yeah, with that, we'll we'll close out and we'll talk to you guys in a bit. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys. That was our interview with 80. 80, we know you're listening. Thank you so much for joining us. That was always super fun to see you. And we can't wait to see you here in a little bit to our uh, sex toy party. (laughs) So... Well, we're just going to close out this episode and do our rating, introduce you guys to the next book. And then, um, yeah, we used 80s information as our fun fucked fact. So hopefully you guys can go out there, follow her, mm-hmm. get all of her Share stuff, her wh- yep. read her things. Yep. So what do you think? What are you going to give this? I'm giving this book a 10. I loved it. I, I did the thing where like I started it and I inhaled like half the book in one setting. And then I was like, stop. It's too yeah. good to finish today. <laughs> 
And I made myself like put it down and then I made myself really slowly finish the last half of the book in little <laughs> chunks because I was too mm-hmm. excited and wanted like it's it's that tension between wanting to immediately finish something that's so good, but then also like not wanting yes. it to be over. <laughs> we don't want it to end at so. all. Yeah, I really, I really like this book. The characters are wonderful. The sex is really hot. I mean, it's, it's got a so little good. bit that little uh, exhibitionism kink in it. A little bit that Always. I just—it's my favorite. I love so Trixie's like coming out of her shell a little <laughs> bit at this with, with with Chris and getting to explore things she hadn't gotten to explore well before so it's a fun book it's and I cannot wait to read the rest of it. like I just want them all to exist already so I could read them <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm so glad that she I mean obviously you can't have a family with a ton of boys in it that aren't going to get their own stories so you know but I just I needed that solidified and to her for her to confirm it for me so yeah looking forward to the next couple of books I agree I think I'm going to give this a 10 as well I really enjoyed it I love I think more than anything the connection to our hometown I just like having that feel of being part of this world even though oh, it's Thornminster I love it <laughs> like, I love seeing all of the little Denver so pieces I mean it's you so know awesome it's just so fun it just really does mm-hmm. like you know yeah it's that extra step of like being part it's of like you're story, inside you know? you're in the jokes with yeah. 80 you're like ha, ha, ha. you totally know what the fuck she's talking about when she said chautauqua park i'm like yeah dude i fucking love that place that's a great park yeah i was all for it i think 10 is a perfect mm-hmm. yeah uh, reading for this thoroughly fun thoroughly like enjoyable sexy mm-hmm. like all the good stuff and you know low stakes low anxiety low stress yeah that's what i want (laughs) yep absolutely and she delivered awesome that was great that was great so definitely recommended okay guys so for our next book we are going to read cloudy with a chance of witchcraft by mandy roth this is narrated by allison voller and this is the first book of the grim cove series i've been wanting to get to this series for a while mostly because of the titles Yes. All of you. Like we said, we love all those quippy <laughs> Who know me? No, I cannot turn down a quippy title. So, you know, mm-hmm. and all of her, this whole series, like the next one is Hexing with a Chance of Tornadoes, Spellcasting <laughs> with a Chance of Spirits. I just, I'm so, so Great. stoked for this. So hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully the uh, books live up to the hype of the titles that I've been just dying to read for so long. I'm really happy it's finally on our list and uh, we will get into it. So join us for that. And in the meantime, we would love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions for us or want to tell us about other authors we maybe are missing, what we should read, please reach out. We are on social media at Books. That's Instagram and Facebook, majorly, majorly, majoritively. I don't know. Some version of that word that makes sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or you can email us directly at sturdybooks at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at sturdybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. You guys probably won't be able to continue finding us on Google Podcasts if you guys listen to us there because they're taking that away again. And let me tell you, I am mad about it google you keep giving us amazing things and then taking it from us please stop doing that sorry that was my rant about google
and then I lost. Sorry, my place. <laughs> I also. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> that was my fault. I went on a Google rant. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, like Kalina said, if you guys wanted to contact us, we are more than happy to speak with you all. Jim Townsend, thank you for the music. And with that, we will say good night. This is Selat, and this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Selat. Be sure to tune in to the next episode with some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>